You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? Kels Charles Mary Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Happy Friday, everybody. Sunday at noon o'clock, we are playing The Bears. So who better to uh, tell us all about them than the Carmen Vitale from Fox Sports? <laughs> oh, do you guys see what she did there? I hope you saw what she did there, because I did. Carmen! It felt bad. Welcome I see back. what you did there. I loved it. And I see what you did there. Uh, I can't even like, it's so disappointing. I can't even do like a real Chicago accent, despite the fact that my mother has probably the strongest one you'll ever hear. Really? Uh, my, my dad's from Philly. And so he like balanced me out. And so I don't really have a Chicago accent and I can't even do it like if I wanted to. So I can't be like, da bear. Like I can say da bear, but that's like. <laughs> that's as far uh, as yeah. Chicago goes. That's- this is like despite living growing up there and now currently living there yeah no it's but i mean make no mistake there are people that really talk like that and it's really fun I, oh, my is from south dakota <laughs> i know all about that actually. <laughs> oh yeah it's fun it's fun it's 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 a great time chicago's a great city uh it's a great media market one of the best honestly it is one it really of the best is. i'll give them that for sure i don't have a i don't have a hatred for them like i do other places i truly enjoy chicago and i really like i have to say I have not fully experienced peak Chicago, like in the summer, which is really a shame. And quite honestly, like borderline crime against humanity. Like I feel, I hear hear, like, I hear it's epic. I really do. It is. It is. And you have an open invitation. Both of you do. So anytime that you want to come and hang out, because yeah, every single summer is amazing. I like fall the best because I like getting like the fits off, you know, just the sweaters and the boots and all the little fashion and the layers and like, it's cool enough or it's warm enough that you can still like walk around, but it's cool enough that you can dress all cute. So like, this is actually my favorite season. Yeah. Um, and then you're snowed for like six months after that. Right. But then it's like super cozy. So there's that too. I I appreciate your optimism because I know a handful of people that are like, what the F is this like apocalyptic place? Like, it's like, I've never seen such a place like so like hot and cold like it's like so perfect in the summer and then in the winter i'm like oh hell no absolutely mm-hmm. not absolutely not it's, do- it's doing the fun thing where like it's just like lottery numbers every day the temperature yeah. right now yeah. it's like one day it's like 71 and the other day next day it's like 39 and then it goes up to 53 and then like it's just all over the place right now but at least you're still not getting the 90s because that's what we're dealing with yeah no uh, i'm out uh i did that for six years in tampa i'm out i'm done <laughs> i want seasons i want i want all of that stuff but um yeah this game though is taking place in dallas so uh but it's indoors so the bears don't have to contend with the heat either at least because i think that would be a really that would probably be an advantage for the cowboys at this point because the bears are not used to it 
Well, uh, let's dive into that a little bit more because this episode is going to be girls talking, boys talking bears, and we need to discuss. There are lots of things going on. Trade deadline hit. Uh, Cowboys made some moves. Uh, no, and also the Bears did too. So we should discuss that. Made a big one. Yeah, I was like, um, uh, former yeah. cowboy. In fact, let's, having to do with yeah, the cowboy. negatively affects us now because he yeah. went to the Eagles. I am yes. honestly like Megan DM'd it to me earlier, and I was like. As per has been my line as of late, I'm like, you like loathe. And then Meg replies back and she's like, loathe entirely. Like, hate. <laughs> I can't. I can't, man. Like, Robert Quinn, probably gonna be like 80 years old and still like tearing up offensive line and, and quarterbacks. And I just, it's low key terrifying. Like, I don't appreciate the Eagles doing good things. So um, <laughs> please elaborate though, Carm, because like, I feel like, you know, people are aware of it, but I don't know if we, we should probably talk about the full breadth of the implications. Yeah, no, I think that, I mean, this is this case of like the rich getting richer in the Philadelphia Eagles, because they, I think if you could have made a critique of the Philadelphia Eagles, it was probably defensively, it was probably in their pass rush. And now this just gives another rotational piece. I mean, I don't think that Robert Quinn is going to come in and, you know, dominate and be the 18 and a half sack guy that he was for the Bears last season. But I do think that he's a really like a great option, especially in those sub packages. We got like four down linemen and he plays that because right now he's in a four three. Um, and I think that he he's so scheme diverse at this point in his career, too. So I think when you, you're really going to see some good stuff from him um, in those sub packages, those four down alignments and him coming off the edge and just making some making, you know, an offense have to account for him again. And that's that's the big thing. That's, you know where the Eagles got, got stronger and the bears have some young guys behind him that they really like. So this was kind of someone you could in a weird way afford to lose, especially in a season where you're not supposed to contend. And that was, I mean, Ryan Poles went into it today. Who's the bears GM. He had no, you know, he wasn't going to trade Robert Quinn. I think at the start of the season, what he said, he had no intention of doing that. Uh, but things changed. And when they saw what guys they had behind him, they were like, okay, we can afford to lose this guy, especially when, the Eagles gave them a fourth round pick out of it. Yeah. I feel like um, there's a couple years ago where I was making fun of Howie and I don't have a lot of things to say. And it's no. it really is like, I hate, I typically I'm one to look stupid. So there's yeah. that. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have, we're going to have to go for like the personal, like deep cuts at this point, because he's doing a decent job at his job. And like, that really sucks for us down here in Dallas. Yeah. He's, I, I think he's one, uh, it's not what you guys want to hear. I think he's one of the best GMs in the league though. Honestly, he knows I, how to get it done. I, I can be objective for a moment and agree because you know what, listen, like he did, he made tough, tough decisions. Like there was very recently he had to part with his franchise quarterback and a lot of people would, you know, have a pretty big issue with making such a big move and, you know, to be doing some of the things he's doing to even be able to be getting like Devonta Smith where he's trading within the division. Yeah. I agree. Murphy. And making this like that, being able to make transactions like that, like I, I still kind of am a little shocked that the Cowboys agreed to do that at that time, because you know now it's something that again they have to account for. But all that to say, like you mentioned, big moves for the Bears. Um, it feels like they're in a pretty interesting place, and I want to talk about that as we go into the weekend. Familiar faces, not just Robert Quinn, who obviously they don't have to worry about or account for anymore. Which I think you know, hands in the air, where we are okay with here in Dallas, but um, Eberflus, you know, this is a guy that was around the Cowboys for a long time, very defensive minded, 
for obvious reasons. I mean, when I first started with the team, he was linebackers coach, right. And mm-hmm. just, you know, went to Mizzou. I think it was after either way, it's been really fun to like watch him work his way up through Indy. And then now over with Chicago being, you know, one of the guys in charge has been a big dream of his and, but it feels like it's been a bit rocky. Uh, so, you know, do you feel like this team has an identity? I know they have a good run game. You know, Justin Fields is, I think the jury's still out on if if the team hasn't really empowered him to be as great as he could be, or if it's a lack of talent at the NFL level. I have some, I have some weird thoughts on if Ohio State quarterbacks can convert to the NFL. It's really <laughs> sad for my family being from Ohio State. But I, I guess I want to get your thoughts on like the lay of the land, like, what are the insiders saying about the current state of the Chicago Bears team? I think that the most encouraging thing just happened this past Monday night uh, because it has been rocky. And I think that's what you get, though, when you have a first-time head coach, a first-time GM, uh, first-time play callers underneath that head coach. There's not really a lot of experience to be had that Eberflus could lean on um, as far as him being the head coach. And he's been really good, though, as far as kind of delegating um, he is empowering his coordinators to do their jobs, essentially, uh, being as defensive minded as he is. But I mean, Luke Getzey, the offensive coordinator who is kind of tasked now with developing Justin Fields, he comes from the Green Bay Packers. He comes from the, Shan- the Sean McVay, right? Uh, the coaching Shanahan tree, Kyle Shanahan tree. Yeah, coaching tree. That's always such a mouthful for me. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, McVay, Shanahan, whatever. He's more of the, sh- of the of the McVeigh side of it, actually. But um, that being said, he had Aaron Rodgers uh, in, in Green Bay last year. And I think what we saw the first part of the season was him kind of trying to fit Justin Fields into that Aaron Rodgers size hole. And Justin Fields is not Aaron Rodgers. He has a different skill set than Aaron Rodgers. He will never be this, the same player that Aaron Rodgers is. There's, you know, some mobility similarities and all that kind of stuff. And don't get me wrong, Justin, Justin Fields is really good, especially like on the run. I think we saw it out of him on Monday night. Right. Getting the ball down the field, kind of scrambling around, buying his guys some time and then hitting them. I was really encouraged by that. But he has this totally other skill set that's not really included in that offense. And that's the run game. He is a runner. He can be a runner and he can use his legs. Um, it's almost I feel like his comfort zone is to have those design runs. And so the Bears actually took a page out of the Ravens playbook. And some of the Lamar stuff they do with Lamar Jackson. Yes, for, I have your tweet up about that. I need yes. to talk about it. Please go. They did that this this past Monday was the first time we saw that was the first time we saw all of these design runs for Justin Fields just go a complete uptick and it took the Patriots by surprise and it also allowed Justin to get into a rhythm with his offense and he was like listen I don't want to get hit going into this game anymore like he's been getting hit a lot there's a lot of influx with the offensive line and this way it kind of let him have control and he, like he knew that he was going to have to run more but he likes doing that and he's comfortable doing that. Um, and it made sure that his internal clock didn't speed up throughout the game because he wasn't having to force things. And I think it just got the offense in a rhythm. It let them do it completely broadened the entire like offensive skill set of everybody, quite frankly. And I was just really impressed by those adjustments that were made in the 11 day, like mini buy that the bears had, because I think it speaks to the coaching staff want like being able to go off script. And sure. being able to like veer outside of what they know in favor of what their personnel does well. And that's not, you can't say that for every coach. So really encouraged by that. But I mean, yeah, it's been a rocky start. And I think we're finally starting to see the plan and the improvements kind of come to fruition. And it just be like a lot of tangible improvement from the bear side. Can I ask y'all about your thoughts on mobile quarterbacks? I feel like there are two different schools of thought. And I, 
I'm interested in the fact that they chose to take a, a page out of the first. I think it's great. Like I love when teams look outside of themselves. I think it's important. I, I, one of the things that, you know, whether or not you like Kellen Moore and whether he's having a good day or not, that's out of the picture. But I do appreciate the fact that he looks to like college games and looks to like other teams just in general to like get some inspiration. Like I, I appreciate that mentality, always trying to grow, whether it's successful or not is a different story. So I, I think the same can be said for when you talk about a mobile quarterback. And I feel like let's look at Dak, for example, that's what, you know, we are currently most comfortable with. We talk about him all the time. There's a, there's a school of thought of like, okay, you know, you're young, you can be mobile and people compared him to like Russell Wilson coming in and they're like, it's a positive. And now they're like, don't run as much, like stop trying to put the team on your back. Like you got to slow the game down, you know, stay in the pocket, like really, really kind of command the offense, if you will. Like you look at a guy like a Tom Brady, who that's, he just, he, he sits in the pocket and that's the whole key of like getting him outside of the pocket outside of his comfort zone is what you want to do so I guess I'm I guess I'm asking that because I feel like you see a lot of young quarterbacks typically that are more of the runners and then they start to like you know grow them and and groom them and they're like all right now you don't have to be as mobile anymore and this is the case where they've kind of switched gears do you feel like that's a bit of like a last resort or do you feel like no actually I'm comfortable with them trying to play to this skill set and, you know, I'm, I'm good with him being more of a mobile quarterback. I think it's going to be like beneficial for him. I tend to err on the side of, I think this is kind of where the league is going a little bit more. And that I think you're seeing a lot of uptick just in general of a lot of more, a lot more run first teams this year. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the fact that there are so many quarterbacks that have these varying skill sets. And while I don't know that you want your quarterback to be the team's leading rusher, as is the case with Lamar Jackson all the time, um, I think that there's also a, a place for that. And there's certainly a place for that if you're trying to stay ahead of NFL defenses, which are now built to defend the pass, because this is such a passing league that I think that's why this league is cyclical. And so now I think we're starting to see it come back around with an maybe a little bit more advanced run game where you're now including the quarterback in that scheme and you're supposed to. Now defenses are having to account for quarterbacks as runners, as passers. And then on top of that, you have a running game like the Chicago Bears do, which where they have a tandem of backs, which I think is also kind of where things are going to, because I don't see any incentive to have a featured back anymore. Like, why would you tell a defense? All right, this is the guy we run with. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. Like, you don't, with how good defenses are these days and how creative schemes can get, you're, it's just there's no place for it anymore I don't think and that's probably me like you know thinking a little bit too far ahead but I, I I think the running back by committee is a great thing and when you can include the quarterback in that I can't stress how complicated that makes it for defenses to try to defend it so yeah. I like that idea out of Justin Fields and I think again if he's comfortable with it and it helps him because I mean he also like he had 179 yards passing which isn't a ton but like I think he had his best passer rating um this this last game and he was he was again accurate on the run and he just looked more comfortable and if that's what it takes to get him to be comfortable then there is a place for that because again it's going to put a defense on its heels and I just I I think we need to let go of like a quarterback just needs to be you know a pocket passer needs to be able to sit in the pocket uh again with how crazy athletic these defensive linemen are especially up front it's not realistic to expect your line your offensive line to block for these guys for you know three four five seconds anymore you can't it's it's just not possible these you know defensive linemen are too athletic and the the different schemes and blitz schemes and stuff that 
defenses are deploying now. I just, I don't think it's realistic. And so if you can have a guy that can escape pressure on his own, that can make things happen with his legs, I don't know why you wouldn't try to exploit that. And plays kind of creating opportunities type of thing. Yeah. yeah, I love when Dak does it, honestly. Like, I was kind of yelling at him to do it last game, but <laughs> I also have, like, the thing in the back of my head where I'm like, don't hurt him, but then I'm like, run, yes. please. <laughs> yes. I think that's maybe the hesitation, too, is, like, yeah. you know, a lot of people, that's the criticism with Lamar is, like, well, how long can he do this? Right. And it's like, I don't know, but, like, how long are NFL careers anyway? I mean, I granted, Fair. quarterbacks usually get, like, starting quarterbacks usually can, you know, last in the league a lot longer. I was say, talk to Tom Brady about that one. <laughs> I know, but like, and that's the thing too. I do think that there is a shift to, as you get older, like Aaron Rodgers has been very vocal about the fact, like he doesn't really want to get hit anymore. Like he's not scrambling as much as he used to. He's not, you know, putting himself in harm's way, maybe as much as he was before now that he's 39 years old and you can't blame him for that. But I think that there is value in having them run now and then they can develop the other aspects of their skill set as a quarterback while you know you have them as a runner essentially and I think that that's what's happening especially with Justin Fields and it's happening in real time when a brand new it's I mean I just can't stress enough how we want these immediate returns on these guys but like it is so hard for you know quarterbacks to immediately acclimate to new schemes I mean I go back to even watching Tom Brady who's the greatest of all time when he came to the Bucks. He didn't know that offense for the first half of the year. Yeah. He was playing real live Madden. And the only reason he did so well is because he is Tom Brady and he can play real live Madden. <laughs> there are not quarterbacks that can do that. Like, <laughs> I'm not kidding. He was literally telling guys individually, like, run this route, run this route, run this route on every play. That's it, so. I think you can really point to, like, Russell Wilson in that aspect, too. Yeah. Just because, yes. Yeah, going to the Broncos and learning that offense. Not going so well. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, <laughs> not doing so I think like with a league veteran like that, I mean, it's a little bit fair, more fair of an expectation to expect them yeah. to pick it up a little bit quicker, sure. but still, I mean, we're not even halfway through the season or we're getting to about halfway through the season. Um, but for a young quarterback, especially still, I mean, Justin Fields just played in his seventh. He just started his 17th game. So like, that's really, he's really only like, one he'll, that's one, that's one. Yeah. It's one season. So he's now just getting to the point where he has a season under his belt but he also had to switch systems, which are drastically different from, you know, what, whatever it was that he was doing under Nagy. Sure. Um, and I just think that we need to give these guys more time and that quarterbacks especially are going to develop over years and years and years. For sure. Um, and I think that's true with a lot of players, but some players just don't have the luxury of that amount of time. Well, no. And I think that's a, a fair point in general. Like, you know, let's talk about, let's put it all on paper. And I think that when you're a quarterback, in general, your expectations are a lot different than the rest of the team. It just kind of is the nature of it. Same thing yeah. with like, you know, draft picks versus undrafted. It, it just kind of is what yeah. it is. But it is important to add the color commentary of the life cycle of that position, right? Like running backs can come in and they have a little bit more of an immediate impact. Whereas your skill, other skilled players, like your wide receivers and even your quarterbacks, like it takes time to like develop into the players and dynamic players that they're going to be. Again, you're seeing these guys in real time, like changing the aspects of their game. And it's fascinating. It really is. Mm -hmm. I want to actually dive into a little bit of, of something you mentioned with, you know, the dual threat in the backfield. Mm -hmm. I, I 100% agree with your analysis on that. And it's one of my favorite things. It's my favorite thing as someone who gets to watch the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, we've always had love. If you're a fan of the team, you've had love for Zeke for a minute. 
But then Tony Pollard, like watching the development of him has just been so freaking fun and being mm -hmm. able to look at the different aspects that they both bring to the table. Like you've got Zeke, who's a little bit more of your bell cow and kind of just, you know, right up the middle type of guy where as Pollard is a little bit more shifty and it just, it's just, it's just a different dynamic to the running back position. And like you said, just relying on one person to be that carrying that load seems like a thing of the past. But um, as fun as it has been for Cowboys fans to have that, well, turns out the Bears also have that too. And let me just go ahead and add another layer to that as well. Our run defense isn't the best. It's not the best. <laughs> it's not the no, best. Neither is the Bears. Right? Yeah. Neither is the Bears. Um, although they did they did hold the Patriots to 70 yards rushing uh, on Monday night, which was a vast Matt improvement. That was, yeah, and Bailey Zappi and just, yeah, <laughs> I had, I actually had Rondé Stevenson on my fantasy game and I, like, he was the last player and I needed him to do well uh, to win, to win the game. And he got me just enough points to win and the Bears still won. So I was like, this was the best of both worlds. But um, no, that was like the Bears, I like, it's going to be very interesting to see Zeke and Tony Pollard doing what they do against this Bears defensive, this Bears defensive turnaround as far as the run game goes can hold up and can continue because I think, you know, you see one game after the 11 day ab uh, break and you're like, Oh, great. They, they worked on that. And that was a big focus. And I talked to the coaches there. That was like the last few weeks had been the main point that I had been told, like, we know the run defense sucks. That's our focus right now. We're going to get it better. We're going to get better. They got better on Monday night. So now it's going to be a true test against the Dallas Cowboys. Was this, was that a fluke or did your run defense really get better? And I think the answer probably lies somewhere in the middle because I don't think an 11 day break can turn your run defense around that quickly. Um, but it seems like they've, they've made some adjustments that are paying off, but then they also have the two headed monster of David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert in their backfield. And again, it's kind of the same setup where you've got like, these guys are good at different things and they can both kind of, explode for you know some sort of play uh at any given moment and the coaches have said they'll go with the hot hand and I think that that's a really good way to approach it because uh you don't know who's going to kind of catch fire and just get into a rhythm and you don't want to like stop that you don't want to necessarily have all right well on these sort of downs we're going to put Montgomery in on these sort of downs we'll put Herbert in to have that flexibility with two different backs again just makes it for a lot that much harder to defend from a defensive perspective so um, they'll definitely probably try to take it. Definitely, probably. They will definitely try to take <laughs> advantage of that um, with the Cowboys. And I mean, this is also a team that had 243 yards rushing against the New England Patriots last, last game. So, uh, but yeah, no, like this, like this last game, it was okay. Justin Fields led the way. And then it was Khalil Herbert and Dave Montgomery splitting carries almost evenly. Um, I saw or, that I Justin was, Fields rushing touchdown. I saw oh, yeah. it. <laughs> oh yeah he had I, over I think he had over 100 yards see I I maybe I'm gonna be an old curmudgeon here for a second I, I love it I, yeah Rawr. um I appreciate <laughs> my gray hair is gonna show with this comment and it's totally okay I appreciate a mobile quarterback I get concerned when my my quarterback is leading and rushing that feels like not yes. a thing I don't like that so like I'm happy for him like congrats but like maybe not or you know I, I don't know maybe this next game like go buck wild, my friend. Like, I don't really care what you do. Um, just don't win. 
yeah. Also, I'm going to say like the lamest thing I've ever said in my entire life, but I, my ADHD brain is like screaming at me to say this out loud, which is so embarrassing and just go ahead and clap and make me not feel stupid. But literally when you say Khalil Herbert, I'm like, Khalil Mack, Justin Herbert, like, you know, take those two names, like, <laughs> after, I'm like you guys gotta be good. Like it's a recipe for success, right? Like surely was that his parents' intentions when they named him? I, I don't think so because I don't think that he's that much older uh, than Justin <laughs> Herbert, especially. Uh, perhaps, perhaps he's uh, young. I think he's he's younger than Khalil Mack, and I don't know if he's even older than Justin <laughs> Herbert, quite honestly. Um, yeah, but he is. He was kind of a, a little bit of a surprise at the end of last year, and then this year, it's again. It's just been there's like been flashes of how good he can be, and he'll break off like a sixty yard run. Uh, in the middle of the game and you're just like whoa oh yeah the, like we have Khalil Herbert and I think David Montgomery rightfully so gets a lot of the attention and he should he's a, a very complete back but Khalil Herbert's got some juice to him and he's very fast and we love that out of Chicago and I don't think that there's anything r- wrong with a run first offense either I think that's a big thing in Chicago right now because it's a defensive town always has been but now that they have a quarterback they really want to become kind of this offensive team, this offensive juggernaut. I think a lot of fans are kind of thirsty for that. And I'm like, you can do that without being an offense that passes 45, 50 times a game. Like you can be a run first offense and still be very productive. And again, I think that the league is kind of circling back to that kind of mentality, given how defense to stay ahead of what the defenses are now built to do. So I think when you have a mobile quarterback and you have like some supplementary running backs in there, this, the strength of this team is very much the run game play into that. I don't care. Like you don't have the receivers right now. Justin Fields is still getting comfortable within the system to operate it, you know, at its full capacity, run the, run the damn ball. Someone get me a hat that says run the damn ball. That's how I feel too, honestly. And you know, you kind of really saw that last game against the lions where it it took them establishing the run to be able to like make any sort of moves downfield. Um, so that'll be interesting with Zeke having some sort of knee injury. Not sure like what his deal is. He didn't practice again today. Right. Um, but you know, you did mention that the Chicago Bears are a you know defense first team usually. Um, I did notice so. Roquan Smith um, at his, his press conference, finding out about, about um, Robert Quinn, you know, kind of got emotional. How do you feel like, you know, losing Robert Quinn and like how that affects like the team dynamics going into this game? How, how is that going to work out? And, you know, are they going to, you know, play for Robert Quinn or like, do we need to worry about this? I'm thinking ahead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate that. And honestly, uh, it was something that general manager Ryan Poles said in his press conference today, which was he was so hesitant to move Robert Quinn because he knows what he means to that locker room. I mean, he didn't want to mess with the chemistry that was there. And he loves the fact that, that that it was there. And I think that was very evident in the fact that Roquan was very emotional and teared up at the press conference. Like that was happening in real time. Like the story broke while Roquan was on the podium and he had to excuse himself. And I think that Roquan also realizes too, like, Robert Quinn wasn't a super vocal leader, but he led a lot by example, I feel like. And because he was a league veteran, had seen so much, was very much like one of those guys that would take other guys aside and, you know, was a mentor in a lot of ways and led by example. And Roquan has always been the more vocal defensive leader, but now he knows that it's, it's kind of all on him and he has to kind of shoulder the defensive 
leadership load, um, which is not nothing different, I think, than what he had been, been intending on doing. But he just said, you know, I have a lot of respect for that man. That's what he said at the press conference, a la Robert Quinn. So this is definitely going to be one of those things where, yeah, you figure out what you're made of defensively and he's going to have to kind of bring all of the younger guys along because it's a very young team. It's a very young defense. And you've got, but you've got all these rookies kind of not acting like rookies. Um, and I think that that's been a big help too in this defense kind of coming along. And we saw what they were capable of against the New England Patriots last week. So uh, especially with the contributions from the rookies, I mean, the Bears had four takeaways in that game. Three of those four takeaways had were, were a direct result of something a rookie did, whether that was actually catch the ball for an interception, which happened twice, or Dominique Robinson, defensive lineman, tipped the ball so that Roquan Smith could get an interception. So um, I would be a little, I, I think that that's something that kind of bring people together, galvanize a team a little bit more like, all right, we lost our dude, but like, we're still here and we're in this and we can handle it. And especially for those young guys on the edge that are going to step up, you've got Travis Gibson, who's been having a good year, that same guy, Dominique Robinson, um, Al-Qadim Muhammad came with Iberflus from Indianapolis. And I think you're going to have to see those guys step up. And I think that they're going to really try to prove themselves now that Robert Quinn's not there. Uh, I just like, I really need you guys to know, like, I love Matt Eberflus. Like, he's just like a team dad. And mm-hmm. I, I hate that I'm up to like, you know, low key cheer so hard against him this weekend. All that to say, though, um, I do want to get your your thoughts again, like keys to I, I don't even want to say keys to winning. Let's just go key matchups in your opinion, like areas that either team could exploit that in your mind are some high level storylines that would really be worth watching. I think the main one has to be how this offense, the bears offensive line is going to hold up against the Dallas pass rush by every single metric that I've read advanced or more vanilla. I mean, the Dallas pass rush is the best in the league and it's not close. And you've got number 11. And if you don't think that everyone is scared shitless of him, we are. Things you have to hear. (laughs) Um, Everyone is because he is just such a fun player to watch. And he is incredible in his skill set. I've never seen, quite frankly, a player like him. And um, But it's not just him. And that's the issue. This is a really good all-around pass rush. And the offensive line has been struggling. They've been dealing with injury now. Uh, Lucas Patrick, who came from the Packers, they were supposed to start at center. He, in training camp, injures his snapping hand. And then he had been playing uh, first part of the season with a club on his arm or on his hand at guard. And then literally against the New England Patriots, it was the first game you we finally got to see Lucas Patrick at center. He didn't have the left guard, Cody Whitehair, because he has, he's on IR right now. But like otherwise, the rest of the line was like how we had all envisioned it uh, prior to the start of the season. And it lasted a whole quarter. And then Lucas Patrick hurt his toe. He's going on IR. And uh, he they don't know the extent of the injury yet. So now you've got their, your Sam Mustafer in at center who's had his struggles. And it's just, I, I don't, this, this offensive line is going to be tested more than they've been tested all year. So that was really long-winded. We didn't get to, I didn't get to any other matchups, but I think that those are the ones that matter. Otherwise, uh, for on the Dallas side, though, I will say the Bears have a great secondary, and the Dallas receivers, as we know, are not the, are not the best either. So um, that's going to be very interesting too, because I think that Chicago's strength on defense is secondary, and so maybe they can get some takeaways and mitigate the damage. But this offensive line is going to be in for the ride of their life. Yeehaw, baby, buckle up! Honestly, I, I, I think 
I look at these, this team and on paper, you're like, oh, okay. Like defensive minded, obviously you give the Cowboys the advantage there. Uh, you know, sure. You can say mobile quarterbacks. We obviously know again, the advantage in that regard. Um, the run game is going to be interesting in my opinion. I think it's, I will say on paper and just based off of what we're seeing these two teams trajectories this season, I think this should be a, a Cowboys win, but mm-hmm. then again, going into the first quarter of last week where I was like, how in the world are you even letting Detroit have any sort of lead ever? Like, I don't care that it was six to three. Like, stress me out. No, absolutely not. Like, I just, I have this, I'm, I hate that I am this way at this point. Like I've been so pessimistic this season where I'm just like, don't get overconfident. Like, I think the Denver game last season scarred me where you had every reason to justify why the Cowboys should absolutely maul that team, right? You're like advantage Cowboys, advantage Cowboys, like down the list. And then you go in and you're like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not ever going to count Matt Eberflus out on anything. Say what you will. I just, I just won't. And so, you know, I guess, um, give me, give me one last consolation and just assure me that (laughs) Cowboys are going to make this happen, please. I, I I can't just because of the parody we've seen in the NFL right now. Like this this year more than ever, it feels like. I mean, it's literally any given Sunday. Like, I know. I go into Al Pacino's, you know, game of inches speech right the fuck now. I mean, right now. Sorry, guys. I get, I get fired up when I talk to you, too. I love you um, so much. Like, you've been hang, you, you hang out with Dave too much. <laughs> the E's coming, baby. Uh, but um no i mean like the parody in the league i i really this game could go either way it yes but you're totally right on paper this is this should be a cowboys win i think this was you know going into the season you looked at the bears schedule you're like yeah that's probably a loss um but and stranger things i mean the, nobody gave the bears a shot on monday night football in new yeah. england against the patriots um especially after belichick led a you know an iliad an odyssey about the bears and like a thousand words on the bears and i was like oh god they're screwed because the more <laughs> belichick talks about you the worse he's gonna kick your butt um but that didn't end up happening so who knows but i don't know we'll see if the again this is not a contention here for the bears so uh i i just i would struggle to see how that happens again and i think they'll be ready for justin fields designed runs this time oh well apparently mike parsons had some commentary about him being faster than any quarterback in the league. So like since little young, young fieldsies out here stretching those legs, maybe we can do like go like full pro bowl in, in pregame and like do a little like foot race of some sort. Like, wouldn't that be fun? Well, we did like some little trials of some sort. Like we should build that. <laughs> in. Like it should be like a sponsored element or something. Like this is me brainstorming. You're welcome. Say, she's like marketing right now. Rod, yeah, call me. Says, this says, is brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, okay. Until someone snaps a tendon before the game starts. And then they're like, they're like shaking their fists. They're like, damn it, Bridgestone. (laughs) (laughs) Never buying your tires ever again. (laughs) God, I really do work in sponsorships. You can tell. Um, I can very much tell. It's obvious. All right, guys. Well, um, this was fun. Do we have any final thoughts before um, we wrap it up? Because then I want to go pimp out Carmi V's work like real hard because she's doing... I, dude, I can't. You're effing amazing. Like I just looking at her Twitter, like you're such a boss. Like you are such a boss. Like you're not even just covering like the Bears. You are covering the NFC North, and I'm just I'm so proud and 
amazed by you and you're such a baddie. And I love that about you. But anyways, I'll let you have final thoughts before I um, keep, you know, blowing you, blowing you up. <laughs> oh, me or Meg? Because Both I, of you. yeah, no, Meg, go for it. Cause I, I mean, I pretty much said it. there's parody there. I, who knows what's going to happen in this game. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dak uh, had a game to shake off a little rest. He looked a lot better towards the end of that game. He's, he's the guy that's going to make the throws better than Cooper rush. I, as someone who was sitting in the stands, I was getting so irritated with our own fan base, um, just simply like throughout the whole first half. And I get it. It was a slow start. It was not looking good. But like the amount of people that were yelling, bring back Cooper Rush, like Dak sucks. I was like, can y'all freaking stop? Like, Do less. I was, and I'm not going to turn around and like have a conversation with um, idiot McGee behind me, but like, guys. <laughs> Like go to the concession stand, get some candy and reevaluate your life. Touch some grass, maybe go outside. Like <laughs> stop it. Stop. You I'm, need help. You need I'm help. I'm not entertaining it anymore. Stop. That's my favorite. Touch some grass. That's my favorite. Yeah. Go touch some grass. The amount of times I rolled my eyes. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised. I going to a game with Meg Murray and having people verbally assaulting her team. And her not getting in an altercation well, our own fans. is a miracle. Honestly, like it's a miracle. Like Megan is one of the most ride or die individuals you will ever meet. Not just as a friend, but like if she like likes you and likes your aura, like she's got your back. Like, you know, Dak Prescott, call her. She number one in your quarter. Uh, quarter? That is not what I meant to say. Corner. Corner. Be corner. Your quarterback, Dak. Don't worry. Um, anyways. <laughs> right, um, let the good people know what you're working on because it is uh bountiful and plenty and very very impressive there's also times like when you're watching fox sports if you're watching on the on the television and there's going to be like a byline that goes across and it's something that she wrote so if it sounds brilliant it was probably hers but anyways i'll stop (laughs) tell us what you're doing (laughs) uh like you said i cover the nfc north for fox sports so uh bears packers lions vikings vikings have been very fun this year so uh, I, I, all my stuff is on foxsports.com. And if you have any interest in consuming any bears content, I have a Tuesday night podcast with Adam Rank of NFL network. Oh. And I also appear on CHGO, which is a local Chicago kind of grassroots coverage outlet. They're a lot of fun. Uh, I do about two shows a week for them and yeah, just catch me on Twitter though. And that's where you can, you know, see all of my ridiculous musings and, stats that I can't ever get right because everybody's always got a stat to, to come back with or a comment to come back with or whatever. Oh, and I dude. just say, you know, F y'all haters, it's fine. I I'm going to go keep the internet moves stuff out. Yeah, I know. I applaud you because like, dude, stats are scary. Like I'll, I'm like, I'll like double check myself like 80 times and then I'll hit send it. I'm like, ah, like panic. Like I got to delete it. Cause I'm like, I'm sure that I like messed something up or like missed a punctuation of some sort and made it like 80,000 yards versus 8,000 yards. Like something like that would happen to me a hundred percent. Yeah. You can make that sound like anything. You're yeah. fully topical for Cowboys fans because not only are we facing the bears this weekend after the bye week we are facing the Packers. And then uh, later on in the season, we will be seeing the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota so, Vikings. That's yeah. all I got to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you want, if you want news on those teams, I'm your girl. So tune in. Uh, find her on Twitter at Carmi V. That is C-A-R-M-I-E, uh, the letter V. She's a phenomenal follow. So smash that button. Please find her work. Uh, it's 
very high quality. Um, definitely love using I love it. You. I love you guys. You're too much. I, I wish like this, I know this is audio only, but like every single thing that both Casey and Meg have said, I'm just like my head in my hands. Like, oh my God, I can't handle it. <laughs> we, love you. Are, we love you. Absolute gems and lights of my life. And I enjoy talking to you so, so much because well, y'all are wonderful and amazing. And well, we might have to have you back two more that. times. Let's just never back for every one of those games. Like I'm not even <laughs> okay. Okay, we can do it. I, that's the thing. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for, for joining us. We do appreciate you hanging out. Um, like we mentioned, go hang out with Carmi V on the Twitter. Read her work. It is amazing and abundant. Uh, you can also hang out with Meg and I if you want to scream in all caps into the abyss. I have been doing <laughs> that a decent amount as of late. Um, if you want some low quality tweets, that's where you come to me. Currently, I'm at Kelsey underscore Charles. I'm also on Instagram at Hey Kelsey Charles and Megan is at Meg Murray with four R's on Instagram and Twitter. Think well, of Kelsey every time you see Brett Maher. That's all I want. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. I, I still got to get a jersey. Maybe one of y'all can get me one for Christmas. I, I like was... the makeshift one that someone made out of a Mari Cooper jersey. <laughs> I do, too. Someone, honestly, if someone sends me a jersey to the Cowboys facility, a Maher jersey, I'll wear it. Like, this is an open invitation. I can't bring myself to buy one yet. Like, that ain't it for me right now. I, gotta, I don't even know if they sell those, honestly, but. I don't know, but I'm pretty positive my parents would look at me and be like, you have student debt. What are you doing? Buying a jank Brett Maher jersey, you actual psychopath. So, open invitation if you want to have me be a, a full walking tragedy and wearing that. But. Please entertain uh, me. Do it. Please do it. All right, guys. Well, again, thanks so much for joining us. There are some important words we want to make sure that you remember. It's pretty relevant uh, in life. Especially life, today. Especially today because of what they're doing to us in our souls. Uh, Megan, leave the good people with what they need to know. Dallas forever. Philly for never. Birds are not real. Birds are simply not real. The bourgeoisie. Bye, guys. Bears will find out. <laughs> the bears can smell. <laughs> <laughs>